the unofficial Home and Away podcast brought to you by Clara Kavna, where I take a week look at the trials and those amazing tribulations of Australia's most beloved surfer town, Summer Bay. Each week, I'm doing a deep dive into the week's events and discuss dilemmas our characters might find themselves in, like, is cheating on your husband 20 years ago really a reason for a divorce? Or slowly trying to kidnap your friend's baby? Really all that bad? Get ready to feel closer each day to home and away. Before I get started, I just want to share a top tip to really enhance your home and away viewing, and that is no spoilers. It's a total game changer, but just don't look at what's coming up next on the show or the little previews into tomorrow. Avoid them, and a dramatic game changer awaits. If you want to get in touch, you can email me summerbayspodcast at gmail.com or you can get me on Instagram at Clazzy Cabana. All right, so I'm just going to jump straight into it this week with Ben and Maggie. I don't really know where to begin. Uh, it was very hard to follow Maggie's erratic behaviour, her sassiness, wanting to leave the bay on her own, which she can't find the passport. And she's like, I'm just going to walk out just like you did. Don't use your kids as ammo for me. I need to take control over my life. Oh, come on. It's like she's on purpose trying to be dramatic to get a reaction. And I just kind of wonder throughout the week, her bluff gets tested and like, does she really mean it? Is she really acting in this way to to get a reaction out of Ben? I just think this is all she wants to, I think she's kind of like pushing the boundaries to kind of make Ben know what he's lost and to, in order to get the reaction that she wants. Like, was she really going to, like half a year, okay, so she's taking half of her nest egg and she's going to go to Italy. Okay, then what are you going to do? teach English you're a principal of a school how are you gonna you're only 40 something how are you gonna fund the rest of your life and oh the whole situation of this is just driving me nuts the way she's all like oh I'm just leaving a situation that's bad for me I really don't think emigrating is your only option and I just don't believe anything that what Maggie is saying at the moment she's like oh this is all about Gemma and Ben and then gets questioned on it one question by Ziggy and then she's like oh it's not about Gemma he gave up on us and he wants me to stay on his terms and the just the facial expressions are driving me insane it's all this like I used to really like Maggie I don't like that I'm not liking her I just she's not acting like she normally does she used to be really mature and womanly and great in a crisis and now she's completely unravelled I'm not into it. And then when she rocks into the diner and is and then is like, I'm moving to Italy. And then Leah's like, woohoo, that's a great idea. Again, Leah, queen of the ex-boyfriends and the ex-husbands, of course she's going to give bad advice, being like, yeah, go. Uh, where is Rue in this? I know Rue's tied up in the Ryder storyline, but Rue has been kind of holding her hand throughout this and then nowhere to be seen. Maggie is like a balloon, a helium balloon that you've just let go of and you're scrambling trying to get a Ziggy and... Ben are like scrambling to try get it back down to earth and she's like nope can't catch me now <laughs> and I'm just I'm not really I'm not into it and I can understand why Ben is actually like a rational person and he's scared and I think his chat with Alf was really good and being like oh I don't feel like we have the same conviction as we once did but they've never really been tested before in their whole relationship they got together when they were 19 you know this is a challenge and you obviously don't have the same faith you did when you were like bright-eyed and bushy-tailed 17-year-old. But of course, like she was never really going to leave the bay. The dramatic stopping of the car 
and him robbing her a keys. Like it feels like everybody leaving Summer Bay in a dramatic fashion in a car some somehow gets stopped. But they definitely still love each other and they have to, you know, give it a go. And like her being like, why haven't you forgiven me for Marco? Is kind of stop forcing it. And there's obviously a lot more to it. And then you have Leah backtracking on her advice because they are in emotional limbo again. And Leah's like, well, your baggage is going to go with you. So I don't know. It's just the, the, it's just getting so childlike. I'm not into it really. I haven't. And then Ben taking ages to decide. Now I know Justin banging out the good advice and kind of getting him to push it that it's actually about something deeper. But then that makes Maggie mad. And I know like you would feel like a bit of a mug where he's convinced you to stay longer and then you're like, oh yeah, no, I'm not going to show him until bedtime basically. So that got annoying. But at least they were able to get into the nitty gritties of their relationship and then we get into the nooks and the crannies. Then we get into Ben not feeling good enough and Ben saying to Maggie, you knew how much it would hurt me and that's why you didn't tell me. So that's really what we're mad about. It's not about forgiving over sorry I slept with your brother. It's that. And side note, how isn't Ben the family favourite? Like what has he done in his life that's not good enough? So he wanted a professional surfing career and like knocked up his wife at 19. That's hardly reason to not speak to your parents ever again. I'm just, they didn't really sell that for me enough. So thankfully this old nighter has brought about something good and they're the teasing of the resolution now. I thought they... They played that well, I guess. Um, but the line, oh, when you're like, when Maggie says, I'm really looking forward to holding you tonight. Ew. I don't know. I feel like it was such a window into their, like, them as a couple on an intimate level. I just didn't really need to hear that. So then on to Ziggy and her reaction to all of this. We have... In true Ziggy style, she just thinks Dean is whisking her away just because, you know, for just being Ziggy and haven't I got an amazing boyfriend. She's just so oblivious. I really cringed out. She can be really cheesy as an actress sometimes, a bit like, hey, hey, hey. And the car singing really clips that for me. Just the cheesy singing along. Just, uh, and then a self, she's just so unapologetically self-centred. Him giving her a present for their one year anniversary, which she's forgotten. And she just thinks, oh my God, he's proposing to me. Get real, Ziggy. And she's just so, she's so like her mom. She's so impulsive. And then storms off after he gives her a necklace. Like, then you're just making it about you, Ziggy. I just find that really annoying. It's, you know, get a clue. You're the one who's forgotten the anniversary. Why don't you go into the sorriness? And then I suppose her way of proving her love and her sorriness is to get a tattoo. So, and then as Willow goes in, very deep and meaningful. So, like, it must be like inside the butt crack or something very um, true river boy fashion. So, I'm glad. Something to give Dean a bit of balance in this relationship because at the moment it is so one-sided. And anyway, I just found it very pulled out. Her, like, she avoids going home for like, what, an episode and a half? So, and I understand she can't face it and it's a hard thing to do, but it just, it just went on a bit long. Anyway, luckily for her, it's all worked out. Hopefully, Ben and Maggie can get back, resume to some kind of normality because this was a, a huge shake up to the, to the Estonies. 
And then, sorry, just to hark back to the beginning of the week, Jasmine, okay, she sits Ziggy down and he's like, I want to be left alone. And she's like, I'm not good company. And then Jasmine's like, oh, don't worry, I'm really good company. And she basically just used Ziggy to have a rant about Grace and like to like a fresh pair of ears. Anyway, more on Jasmine later. on to John. So we're kind of in the wake of John's emotional outburst at Marilyn's overloving and her kind of fussing. Again, Justin coming in with the amazing advice for a guy that is so outdoorsy, you can't keep him indoors and expect him to thrive. Box tick, amazing. So I think Tori was right as well. She's like, John doesn't like you seeing him through this lens and Marilyn's like I can't stop fussing well maybe you should Marilyn you're kind of suffocating him but also you're only trying to help so it's like a weird position so anyway getting him out of hospital was great did him the world good he's able to say sorry and how grateful he is then he gets discharged back to Marilyn's house but when Marilyn says like oh I've made up Jet's room John is like really sad and I think he wanted to share a bed with Marilyn you could kind of see his heart sink then the tension is still kind of there. So I think he's just a little bit peeved off that he things weren't going fully back to normal. And I hope they do have a conversation about that. And I know Jet's room is all set up because Jet's in a wheelchair. and it's. But then why wouldn't Marilyn go into him? But obviously they were separated before he had the stroke. So I don't know, it's a bit hard. But I do really appreciate John's high fives to everyone. I think they're really cute and nice. Really nice. And also... Alf is being an amazing support for both of them at the moment. And that's also just one of the many reasons I love Mr. Alf Stewart. And another way Alf is really supportive is in the rider situation with Mr. Evans, Slater, his dad. So I think the seriousness of Evans' sickness is really settling in. All our rider wants to do is help, but Evans still doesn't want it. And you can kind of really feel for Ryder who's just got to know him. Now he's going to lose him. Rue is also fantastic in this, encouraging Evan to like make a decision. And I think Evan can be really honest with Rue and then Rue can kind of funnel this back to Ryder. So that's great. And um, when Ryder is having the heart to heart with Evan, Evan finally states, I am going to leave. I am not going to pull yet another runner. So finally we have... Ryder being treated with some form of respect or dignity in a goodbye. Thank you, Evan, finally. And I thought what Alf said was great was like being like he can choose how he wants to die. And Ryder needs to respect the fact that his dad doesn't want him to watch him die. And that's very sad. Yeah, especially, you know, when they were sitting on the pier doing fishing and they were kind of having a heart to heart and Rue saying, oh, it's just so sad. Like it really is. As much as I hate Evan Slater and think he's a horrible human, it is very sad. And who knew we'd be getting some good advice from Mrs. Bella when Ryder's kind of saying, like, oh, I should have let him in earlier. Like, why did I push back? And here comes a nugget from Bella. He had to earn his way back into your life. Thank you, Bella. Very surprising. Really seeing a matured side to her. So I'm loving it. Thank you to her. So, yeah, then we enter into kind of the last bits of fatherly advice Uh, from Evan and it doesn't seem like he had a family so he doesn't really know how to act like a 
dad or a son or any kind of brother, any, he just really was missing that gene and, but still manages to self-compliment like, oh, you think I'm a cool dad in the face of death. Stop. Just stop trying to compliment yourself. It just drives me nuts. But their chats about the final memories and they did a lovely goodbye and the when he says like oh try to be better than me not hard Evan Ryder's already a better person than you but anyway no it still is very sad I am sad about it and call your mum like they're lovely fatherly things to say and I thought the lovely twist of Rue going with him is great the fact that Ryder was in it so Ryder got the last kind of deceitful non-decision so I thought that that was great and but like the bit was like I'm proud that you're my dad and no one ever told me they were proud of me, that to me was the saddest thing he could have said slash seemed like a bit of a lie. But what a life did he live? Like, how bad of a person was he? Like, I wish they went into that more and then I'd have more sympathy for him as a character. But I still not cannot forget. <coughs> Would you believe me if I told you I swallowed a bug? <coughs> or the, what do you want to know about me? I'm a Virgo. I just can't forget them. And the constant runners, like you're in or out, I just can't really forget about them. So wish you, uh, yeah, I'm just kind of happy this, I'm sad for Ryder, I really am. I'm just kind of, hopefully this storyline is kind of floating to an end. Now, before I get into my beloved Jasmine and poor baby Grace. So Colby sniffing around the paradas. It's looking like he's a bit of a green-eyed monster. We have Ari and Mac on the beach uh, looking very happy. And on their way to getting a little bit serious, dare I say, Max in fabulous form. So she's debt free from her dad. So she owed him, I think, like $100,000. And so basically Mac and Dean are brother and sister. They share the same dad. He's this big AFL player. So Mac grew up with him in the rich and famous lifestyle. But then the dad was cheating on the mum with Dean's mum. And they were kind of like a secret family. Dean never knew who his dad was, but the dad was like paying off the mum kind of to keep quiet. So Mac found all this out and then basically started like robbing her dad and robbed a hundred grand off him to buy salt. So anyway, blah, blah, blah. They came to an arrangement and she had to pay him back. So she's finally paid him back. So happy to hear that they finished up that storyline. Anyway, back to the Pradas and Kobe. So Nick starts to like grill Bella about the investigation at the diner and the break-in Nick is really not good in a crisis as we're learning. And then you have Colby also grilling Bella. Thank God she is a more stable position. She's able to handle all of this because she's very good at deflecting Colby and kind of encouraging Nick. But Colby's calling over to the Paradas an awful lot, like, like grilling them at home. And he's like, so we have Nick in another black hoodie and then he's, Colby sights the black hoodie. So now, now it looks looking like it could be Ari. So it's like, why black hoodies are a very common things so I don't know if this is like strong enough evidence to go on but yeah it's not looking good and I feel like Colby's a little bit of a dog with a bone so now on to Miss Jasmine so She's only delighted to bloody be standing in to babysit Tori while Tori's off with John and Maz. So there's Tori, like, 
upset that she can't see her or spend the whole day off with her daughter. And she's texting Jasmine and Jasmine's not replying. And then they, when the phone call and she's like, no, I'm the lucky one. And did we notice when the phone got put down, she said, who's mommy's gorgeous girl? Now, to the naked ear you or naked eye, you could assume that I've just hung up from a phone call with Tori saying, who's mommy's gorgeous girl? Or is she referring to herself as mommy? I think the way they're doing this is so subtle. You're almost like can see it from Jasmine's side. So Justin obviously comes home to check in as any normal protective big brother would. But Jasmine's playing it so well. No, you need to earn your trust. No, I need to earn your trust, Justin. You feed her, whatever. And then she's kind of doing a great job making other people think that she's doing well. Meanwhile, she's sending selfies into this mommy group being like, days off with my baby. Oh, God, so gross. And then like she even slips out certain things when Tori says, oh, I miss her. And she's like, I do too. And then like no one is really catching it. But I just think these subtle little comments kind of feed into the bigger picture. And so she's doing this very convincing routine, being like, you don't have to be scared to talk about babies around me to Willow. And then getting the permission from Tori about the gym pictures. And she's like, oh, like, and I can understand why Tori would say yes, because she's like modelling for her Grace's dad's gym. But the language here, okay, just to get really nitty gritty, Tori says, yeah, we'd love to be involved. Meanwhile, we have... Jasmine doing the photo shoots with Grace. Hello. Tori does not know that that Jasmine was the one posing in the photos. So I cannot wait for these pictures to come out. I really cannot. And then in the midst of these photo shoots, here she is stealing socks and has a bag full of Grace's belongings. Oh, <laughs> so creepy. Oh, I just love it. And um, so she, and so this kind of like, She's almost, Jasmine is almost in in this like false sense of security where she's, she loses control but then gains it back very quickly. I.e. convincing Justin and Willow that she's okay and like, and when like, how random was it when those surfer guys for the like running club fancied her and there was like the, oh, they left their phone number here for you. Like, I don't really, I thought that was a bit random. But then she posts a photo like oh work working mom juggle you know here I am at the gym and then she gets caught by the mama then the mama shows up at the gym then interrupts the photo session and then Jasmine gets really rattled and they're like where is Willow where is your cop on here let's start putting more and more of the two and two together because it's I don't know I think she does Jasmine does do an okay fobbing it off but it's it's really starting to unravel here and I am front row with my popcorn. Cannot wait. And even using the old excuse of like pretending Robbo's alive. Like this daydream is now in her reality and it is spilling over the top and I cannot wait to see where it's going to go. Oh, okay. Well, that about wraps it up for me this week. If you do want to get in touch, you can email summerbasepodcast at gmail.com or get me on Instagram. It's at Classy Cabana. And if you have some time, I'd love if you could subscribe, rate and or review if you have a second, but no pressure. And don't forget about the no spoilers. Honestly, 
It's totally worth it. You can thank me later. And with a show as predictable as this one is, why ruin it with any more spoilers? Huh? Huh? G'day and I'll talk to you next week. Bye.